Hey, what's going on? Another episode of Hope and Mom and Dad podcast for you today with me, Fuzz, and my wife, Becky. This is episode 13. The episode seems to be flying up into the double digits now, and we're having a good time. Normally we, uh, well, I say normally, a lot of the time that we interview guests. Uh, this week we don't have a guest, but you have us instead, which is just as good, kind of. Uh, so we've got a few things to talk about as for news and stuff the last episode we talked about our news being um, you know we had my DNA results back uh, saying that like everything's good to go we can proceed and um, you know yeah so we were just going to talk about a few a few like ethical bits and pieces that have popped up things we've thought about that we you know we just we, we And we kind of held that discussion, just went, oh, hang on a sec. That would be kind of good to maybe talk about on the podcast. Um, so that's about it. But first of all, Rebecca, how yes, are you in yourself? I feel quite tired. Yeah. I've had a busy old day. Woke up quite early, did the dog walk, um, did some housework. Not much, though. And then did loads of my um, work work. Which was fun. Yeah, so, you know, one thing I thought about with our, um, the DNA results that I had back from my thing, I, I was thinking, I spoke to my brother, Seb, mm-hmm. and he went through a similar thing. And apparently we got very, very similar, almost identical numbers for our count mm-hmm. both times. And um, he said to me that he didn't get referred for a DNA test. And I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, yeah. what was your theory on why we did well i think there's one of two things i think um obviously on the nhs which is where both of you were being seen uh care is very different from um uh what's the word consultant to consultant Mm. i think it depends on who you have and their school of thought really um so that's one reason why he might not have had the same offer or experience and the other thing was because when we saw um the doctor in october we knew that i was going to have my radio iodine treatment for my thyroid overactive thyroid yeah. and they knew that once you have that because you're potentially radioactive there's something like an afterlife with radiation isn't there or a yeah yeah what's, i can't remember what it's you called. have to like hide away from people yeah but theoretically they say that you shouldn't conceive for a minimum of three months they said at radiology but my um endocrinologist consultant said six so because they knew that um dna testing results at the time at the heath were taking about six or seven months maybe that's why they offered it to us because they knew that there was nothing we could do and we couldn't really progress in october yeah whereas maybe if i wasn't having that treatment and whatnot maybe we could have gone on to treatment planning because like the doctor said we would have been expedited so even if, so but if, if they found that i was because they were checking the dna to see if i had a recessive gene that would have been a risk that if you had a recessive gene yeah if we both like, had it then it could have been a problem like, yeah but i mean it's kind of an ethical weird thing in it because yeah. like people most you know every natural pregnancy generally you wouldn't have a clue no not until you have scans and stuff, mm. viability scans, I think they're called. So if you had, if we had had bad news, which we didn't, hooray, um, then I would have had to have the test too. And it would have been another, well, it's time sensitive, so it would have taken a while to get these results back. And then if I had also been positive, 
then I'm not sure whether they would have continued with the treatment because it's a high chance that we would have been like yeah, but having I, a baby with um wait, yeah that's a from chronic me. illness yeah that's what I'm saying like so will they it's, it's, I don't understand where we what should... their rules are or the ethics about it so yeah. like you know because if people um you know people that don't go through this journey that we're doing and have like natural pregnancy yeah. with no unassisted aid there's all sorts of things that could happen so it's kind of it's kind of like you know um it's a bit it's a bit murky i think you know what it I mean? is, like yeah. the whole sort of ethics of it i think we've just been throwing that dice and that dice that kind of card earlier but when you're naturally pregnant and you can see if you get to that viability scan i think it's known as and i'm sure they offer you like an amniocentesis or something i don't think i'm saying that right but they offer you that and that's where they like maybe check the amniotic fluid or check your mum was talking about it today and she was saying about they check the spinal cord and stuff and i think in in, they put a really long needle and it goes into the uterus so um it goes into the amniotic fluid which is the stuff that surrounds the baby and i'm not really sure what it does but there is a high risk there is risks that go along with that procedure but that then tells you whether you're likely to have a baby with down syndrome or not i think Mm. and they decide whether to offer that to people based on what they see in the scan so if they see in the scan that things aren't forming you the say, way they should be. Yeah, you say to me that, you know, I don't research stuff and all this stuff, but I worry in general. And I, I think if I, like, started researching all this I stuff, I would be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, God, is that another thing to worry about? I don't like, think you should research that stuff. I mean, like, the IVF process and stuff. What to expect? I just, well, I, you know, mm. we've talked to people about it and they've mm. explained and yeah, I'm, we're just waiting. And then yeah. I don't sort of, I just wait until the next bit happens, really. Yeah, a really interesting post I saw this week was um, from the Zeta West Clinic in London. That's a private um, fertility clinic. Unfortunate name, mind. Why? Zeta. Ah, oh, no. Zeta I'm West. Dyslexic. Yeah, and Zika is the thing that's bad, isn't it? You're thinking of Zika virus. Yeah. yeah. The thing that's I thought, bad. I, yeah, I thought they had the same name. And no, I was like, Zeta. Prob- I know. I'm dyslexic. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. That's, I thought it was the same name and that bad would be years. terrible. Yeah. Zeta. No, just plain stupid. Okay. Zeta West it's a fertility clinic in London and they posted this really cool um, time-lapse video of an embryo turning from an embryo into a blastocyst and um, that was amazing they were saying that um, they have their embryos looked after and monitored by Care Fertility in London and they do this like time-lapse and monitor how the embryos are changing and forming and because that's like a whole step in the whole IVF thing they collect your eggs they put um, the sperm and the egg together and then so you always you always get really excited because you're like yay they're gonna collect like 18 eggs and then we'll have 18 chances to like stick an embryo in you later on but there's a huge drop-off rate rate between the egg collection a lot of the time and um, the embryos which turn into blastocysts which can then be transferred into you so you might start it's blastocysts, with blastocysts high... like fertilized eggs yeah yeah so fertilized eggs I guess I think they become blastocysts from embryos. Mm. And then I think they normally put you in when they're a five-day or a six-day-old blastocyst. So they nurture them in that, like, for five days. Yeah. They literally, like, keep them look in. after them, like... Yeah, I think they're in an incubator or something. And it's just amazing. The video is so cool. They go over the right temperature and... Yeah. But that's all part of our NHS treatment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was just so cool because that's what I think... 
it's literally like a miracle that a human comes from that tiny cell yeah. and in that video you could see it like and it weird? It, like that kind of bacteria not bacteria that like organic matter yeah so small you could literally sneeze and it'd be like similar do you know what i mean <laughs> maybe yeah if you looked under a microscope at yeah. the same thing you mean yeah i mean it's like bodily fluid yeah that like that small yeah and then boom grown person out of it yeah well that's what was so cool about the video it started at this like obviously an embryo looks a lot like um a normal egg but the middle's bigger and then inside the inside bit starts to just divide and turn into loads mm. of little cells. i wonder how they do that how do they is that with like um uh microscopes yeah. or ultra scans no with a microscope well so they they literally how do they do how does that work i don't know no but like it has to be inside the woman doesn't it no they don't no what they take them out of you don't they for ivf that would happen in inside no. a woman yeah but naturally. when they start multiplying isn't that when they're in the womb no oh, okay they start so that's the whole point like they don't the embryos are created outside ah, so of you and then they start growing outside of so you. so the multiplying stuff is like happening like in in the petri dish yeah before it goes into you wow. so then you know how normally how far can they push it though could you half cook a baby and then like no half cook half grow i don't think they'd not half go... but i mean could you that's you know half way through the first trimester no i don't think so no ob obviously not but i mean like i might what like what happens if you know anyway i'm just sort of i don't know what you mean like no, technology is always it... advancing yeah, isn't it like so future. imagine imagine if you could have a kid without having a um Womb. uterus yeah, yeah like that's crazy yeah it could happen in the future but not yet i don't mm. think i don't even know if that would be that's a whole ethical thing as well but yeah well the other thing that they mentioned in their post when they posted this really cool video was about um pgta testing which is um something like pre-implantation genetic testing i think and it's where they look at the embryos before they put put them back in you to check if they've got the right number of chromosomes Okay, so Chromosomes. for like, um, and if they don't, then they could have complications. Mm -hmm. and things. Yeah. Hmm, that's another ethical quandary. Yeah. Isn't it? But yeah. I mean, I don't know, like part of me thinks that like, if you're going to go, like if you're going to go through all this effort. Yeah. And you could potentially have failed. Is there a, is there a, you know, with the complications, mm -hmm. is there a, a chance in general that they won't, uh, you know, they won't develop properly in the womb. Yeah. So ethically... It's... I think there's a higher chance of miscarriage when you have these. Yeah, so it's kind of better to not use those. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just for the, for the, for the life of the... Well, they decide For the life that, in the first place. Yeah, the embryologists decide that anyway. So, like, you get excited about that, that big word, number. embryologists. Yeah, yeah, that's someone's job. Um, They decide whether they're good enough to put back in you. So even if they get fertilized, say they collect... Say they collect eight mm. and then you fertilize four and then those four fertilized they check which out of the good. four, maybe three of them turn to blastocysts, but maybe out of the three, there'll only be one potentially viable, good blastocyst. Mm. And sometimes all three or four would be viable. And then the ones they don't put in you, they stick into the freezer. But sometimes... But then do they degrade? 
Uh, I think they have to pull them back out again and then they decide if they've like survived the thaw, the defrosting process. And then I think if they do survive it and they carry on growing and then they can put them back in again. I think uh, they can so refreeze you... them once they've, refro- once they've defrosted them. That's so weird. It is, isn't this it? is like little human people. That's what's cool, isn't it? About like... So imagine... I'm always trying to think of like weird, the sort of weird ins and outs and about yeah. it and stuff. So, in a science, in one of these centers where all the frozen eggs are kept, yeah, if that was accidentally destroyed, yeah, that would be thousands. Well, would it be? Would it be life lost? Because I don't know. it's not classed as a. I'm not sure it'd be considered life yet. But it's an embryo, isn't it? They fertilized. Because yeah. I didn't know that. I thought they just froze the eggs on their own. But I wonder what all... the definition of life is. I'm sure. I think this is what gets a lot of political things mm. in debates and stuff. I think it's a huge ethical thing as well. Like, say, if you have got frozen embryos, and then you like, what if they gave me the petri dish? Yeah. And I had to go and take it somewhere, which I would never do because I'd be has so happened scared. To people that... And I dropped it. Yeah, that happens to people. Not with the petri dish. They they like carry the embryos from one especially in london from one hospital to another one and they give you like um a tank i can't remember who it happened to happened to someone i heard about it on a podcast Mm. and um yeah they they're carrying them around and they transport them to the next place and in frozen little tank things yeah, like in tanks, not in a tiny petri dish. Can you imagine if they give oh, it to me? I'm so, so clumsy. Like, <laughs> I would I'd... definitely drop it. Rebecca the Wrecker strikes again. I would. I uh, massive thank you to whoever's job that is. Mm, yeah. A A for being able to do it, mm. and B like for hopefully not making too many mistakes. But mistakes happen. If someone, if that yeah. happened to us, I don't think they'd tell you. <laughs> no, but I would like. To, I would like to think that I could go. Look, mistakes happen. Mm. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, because I just empathize with that person. Imagine if, if something yeah. happened and, like, you... Oh, I do that yeah. all the time. I always think, like, worst case scenario. And then I go, what would it feel like if that if you were the, the reason why it messed up? Yeah. And then I feel sorry for Because the other ethical question is, um, once they're frozen, say if they're frozen, but you've had two babies from that round mm. and you decide your family's finished... What do you do with the other frozen babies? Like, after a year, I think you have to start paying to keep them frozen. Mm. So, but if you don't want to keep paying anymore, you can choose to donate them if they're good enough to other people. Or you can just have them destroyed. So, that's another thing to consider as well. Not the best word, is it? Mm-hmm. Destroyed. Got, what do you no, mean? no, no, I just don't like that word with the little baby petri dishes. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. I don't know. Like, And we talked about this before. Like, I don't know how I feel about um donating dna mm. elsewhere and stuff i mean if we were somehow connected in the process like for eggs now yeah because they would there was um eggs or embryos eggs both really but i mean eggs are not my property so yeah i got no saying that but i'm just saying if it was if, if it was me yeah then like you could be, you're allowing that life to go off and become alive with mm. no, like... Control. No, well, yeah, but I mean, it could end up in a really terrible place and having a really bad time. Yeah. Probably not, though. Yeah. Because of the checks and stuff. We've got do. different opinions about it because I think it's really good and I think it will give someone, like, a chance to have a family. Yeah, but there's, there's, 
you know, you, who, who, but this is like you, this is like, well, this is another thing. Well, the, the way I see it, often the donation happens privately, so it's... That would be different. People who are paying for, mm. paying for a service, so they, if they're paying for it, I think if people no, are... But you know, so, the, the, one of the service, one of the IVF clinics say, oh, you can have it for 500 quid if you donate your eggs. Well, a reduced price, all of them do. Yeah, if, yeah but that means how valuable are they? If they're paying you 500 quid... No, they don't pay you that. They just uh, reduce your yeah, yeah, yeah. fee. But they must, they, they're profiting yeah. off your DNA. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, it just seems a bit weird. And you know, I, just, I always think worst case scenario and plan according to that. Mm. Or, you know, and obviously your eggs are your eggs and nothing to do with me. Well, they are. <laughs> well, I can't tell you what to do. I can just say how I would feel if it was me. Mm-hmm. But like you know, you get you donate an egg, it goes someone. That child is raised in her like a terrible, horrible has a terrible, horrible time, and it wouldn't have if you didn't donate it. Mm. Chances are, it'd probably be okay. But, well, they could have a better time than our actual children. Yeah, but it's it's fine. But yeah, at some point, someone's got to be accountable, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Like you can only be accountable. You you got to act responsibly. Yeah. And you can't go around policing stuff and checking other people and whatever. But this thing is going to grow up to be a human being and needs to be cared for and nurtured and yeah. and whatever. And if it doesn't, then you trace the steps back. How did this happen? Yeah. And part, you know, right at the beginning is that decision. That's just how I feel. It's probably not a very popular one. And but I, I, you know, I say what I mean. And I just... But I think if I, if I was a child or an adult who'd been conceived um, artificially, like in sperm donors, the same thing the other way around, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I, if still, I, was, I still feel. If the same I was way a, about... if I was a child who'd <coughs> been, who'd been brought to life by, by that process, I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame the donor for my life. Like I. The, if they had a bad life, then surely it would be based on circumstances. Yeah, but you know, some people with bad parents. lives don't are not in a good place to comprehend all of this stuff and sit down logically and think, oh, why? You know, it's. Mm-hmm. I just think by that time, if something really terrible has happened, then uh, it's too late. I don't know. I just I'm. I always think by the worst case scenario and try and plan around it. And yeah, I, it's almost like, and also this DNA stuff. It's like really new, mm. and um, I know in America, I think they can determine and choose the sex of their baby, can't they? And can they? I think you can. They, there was what a, judging by the a talk about it. I don't know if it's from the embryos or I don't know how they do it, but I'm pretty sure you can even choose like eye and hair color and stuff. They've it's really advanced. They can do a lot with DNA before it's even. You sure? Become a person. Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. Yeah, well, maybe. Like, I think this was years ago as well. No, I'm pretty. It was pretty, a big debate then. Yeah, I think people should probably, I think it's possible, but they don't do it. I, I think. think they anyway, do. Anyway, people can find out. Like, I think in America it's possible. Okay. Yeah. But it's, um. yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, and the thing that, like, it's like the internet. You know, like when the internet came out, everyone just jumped on and was like, ah. And then, like, now it's still there. Mm-hmm. And we're all older and we're like, Oh, we use the internet a lot differently mm. than how we did then. Mm. I don't know this thing with DNA. Like, I I just think, and it, what what concerns me a little bit is how companies are really keen to get your DNA. 
yeah for modeling and algorithms and and uh like family trees and ancestry and stuff yeah but i mean you don't trust that data no well no it's been proven like they they've they've there's some financial gain in it maybe they're or maybe they're working on clones maybe there's like they're collecting it I'm i'm not worried about that i'm just more worried about like like you know well this information is being stored somewhere Mm. and what happens to it eventually Mm. it's like personal details as well everyone used to just sign up for everything all the time and now we've kind of cottoned on that people you know on the internet people like use your email address to track you on different websites and that's why you always get identity yeah but most of the time they're just like hitting you with adverts repeatedly until you buy stuff and it works Mm. but yeah i don't know Mm. so we we feel differently about the uh DNA stuff. Uh, yeah. Not the DNA, the... Um, Donation. Yeah, like donating DNA, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that's one of the biggest differences with um, conceiving naturally and having fertility treatment because mm. you're faced with loads of decisions earlier on or maybe yeah. decisions that you wouldn't be facing if you did conceive naturally. Yeah. I, I think I'd feel better about it if I kind of had... A, I was a bit involved in it. What do you mean? In donating, you know, if it wasn't just to a... Com- and this is a double-edged sword as well but like donating to like being a surrogate or donating sperm Mm. to someone that needed it yeah like kind of having some sort of uh connection to Mm. him so you can feel like you're doing something that's okay well there are some people in some countries that it is yeah allowed that i you know can have them. it would come with it, again there'll be loads of problems with that though not yeah. problems it wouldn't be a quick and easy simple oh i feel awesome it would be a big discussion you'd have to talk it through it and yeah and whatever. I, think... but I would feel better about that i think than just sending it off and just being like there you go yeah i think um i can't i've lost my train of thought oh mm. i was um save me i don't know save me. it's um yeah interesting i've just well we're talking about dna it. and like um you know egg donating dna elsewhere and i said that, um i i said that i would feel better about it if i had some sort of connection or it you know did some sort of checks and felt okay that this trial or this human being is gonna have a good at least fair chance yeah of having a decent life I still don't remember what I was going to say. That's all right. What's on the list? We've got a list. Yeah. The list, um, you wanted to tell, talk about um, being a documentarian, you said before. Yeah. So um, I've probably mentioned it a bunch of times before, but I'm an artist and photographer. And I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit pretentious when you say it like that, but I do. I make art projects and I do things, but uh, no, but actually I do. I make art projects and I do things and documentary projects. And I w- I am currently thinking about developing a little project at the moment. Because um, most of my work that I do is like quite, um, it's all personal. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it deals with different things that uh, affect me. I, I, I do a lot of work. Um, I have done a lot of work during my, for my university work and for my MA, which I just completed a few years ago uh with stuff dealing with anxiety and mental health and community and stuff like that and i think community is like the thing i it's kind of i sound such like such a douchebag now but i was gonna say motif what's the word like where it's like an anchor it's like the thing that carries through a theme 
yeah, yeah, yeah like community mm-hmm. is like the underlying theme for most of the stuff that I get into and unpack. Mm-hmm. And now we're part of this community, this IVF community, the TTC community. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would be kind of cool. I'm 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 in the early stages of putting something together, probably probably a photography project or a documentary film pro or both, because it's easily done. Yeah. But if anyone is listening, um, first of all, if you want to check out some of my projects and what I'm all about and stuff, you can check that out on um Chris dot com. And also uh the Instagram, which is a bit higgledy piggledy at the moment. But uh, Fez underscore Chukas. But I would like to take, uh, maybe do like a bit of a portrait project or maybe even a book project. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I would like to just reach out to some people or have them get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't mind talking about stuff or, you know what I mean? Just like if if you don't mind, obviously you'd have to be kind of public, you know? Yeah. Like some people choose not to talk about their IVF stuff for whatever reason. So if that's you, that probably wouldn't work out that well. Mm. But if you're okay about talking about having an IVF, yeah, uh, having an IVF, come on, first, hurry up, get your mouth Taking in order. Taking part in a project. Yeah, but being okay with people knowing that you've had an IVF journey. And, or fertility treatment, yeah. Uh, and fertility treatment, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, anyway, like right now, um, UK-based. Wherever that is, could be anywhere. It doesn't matter. I travel. I got work all over the place. But um, please get in touch and let me know if you would be open to it. I'm looking for about maybe five or six people mm. slash couples. Yeah. And I'd be really, really grateful if you could. Uh, yeah, if you didn't mind, then you wanted to help. Uh, you know, spread mm. awareness and make things such. Um, you know, make it a little bit better. Back, you need to read the paper for the next segment because I don't. There, there isn't anything else written down, but I was um, just laughing to myself because anyone who is listening to this and not watching it on YouTube <laughs> won't have seen my crazy yawn I just did and like mm. had to shake off my head. You're very similar to your dad in that respect, but apart from you didn't do it this time. Every time you yawn, you'll go, <laughs> and I'm like, it's like you. It, you can't, most of the time you can't yawn silently. You have to like make a loud noise. But obviously we're doing a podcast. So. Mm, I'm trying not to make a noise, but my face is pulling very funny faces because yeah. of it. But yeah. So we've got some, what guests have we got coming up in the next um, couple of weeks? We've got um, quite a few people. We've got an artist coming on. Um, she's a midwife and an artist. And we have got, um, I'm in talks with Tommy's. Um, oh. And there's a few people that we're approaching and getting lined up. But yeah, things change and schedules don't always line up. So that's why we've had a few on our own. But that's cool. You yeah. get to know us a bit better. I think um, I've, you, it probably doesn't show, but um, I've done a fair bit of podcasting before. And Becky, this is new to her, although I think she's better at it than me hmm? on this podcast. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know, but I think it's important for us to just sort of talk about the, re- you know, sometimes it's good to have in, like a very uh, information, like a lot of information and informative stuff that can help people and push people to the right places. Like mm. go and check this out, go and check this out. Um, but sometimes, and maybe this is just me, but I like it when, you know, because it's not nice. IVF isn't 
until the end. It's not a fun game. It's not fun. It's <laughs> a lot of waiting and it's a lot of hanging around and it's annoying. So mm-hmm. it's having someone to share that with is kind of what I kind of thought about the podcast being, you know, just yeah. having a place where if you check in with us and we can sort of give you our updates and let you know what's going on, then, you know, maybe you won't feel so bad because you it's a slow process and it takes forever. Yeah. Um, but if we're, if we're all together, then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just better, isn't it? Yeah. So if you do want to reach out to us, we are at Hoping Mum and Dad on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we've got uh, hopingmumanddad at gmail.com and yeah so yeah if um yeah like the e- gmail the email isn't that useful. well yeah send us an email Contact if you want anyway yeah but i mean most people generally use the uh social media yeah. but if anyone out there is listening from like anywhere else who isn't on instagram then yeah email us or facebook us yeah do you think a lot of people like take a not public about ivf stuff and maybe in doing so they wouldn't really communicate about it on, on instagram and facebook and stuff yeah loads of people well if you think about it um it's um i was on instagram for ages just personally what following people as a normal normal yeah, as, no, a, normal. as a as a as <laughs> a non-categorized user you know i like i wasn't part of the trying to conceive community mm. per se um well this is what i mean like, and then everyone's i got made lo- an account everyone's got like loads of things that they do yeah so i mean I've got a few accounts for different things, but mm-hmm. that's mainly for business stuff. But I yeah. mean, I do think there's lots of people who don't talk about it. Maybe yeah. because they're at the early stages and they're mm. not ready. They haven't processed it themselves yet, and they're not ready to share. It's kind of a difficult thing to like get used to, isn't it? At first, mm. when you've we been saying, hoping for something. We've seen this before. It's kind of like, um, you know, like it's not. It might seem a bit forced or weird to bring it up, but yeah, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, like. Sometimes, because most times, most people would just assume, "Oh, you got a kid." Yeah, I know where babies came from. Thank yeah. you very much. But um, and some people, it's triggering. You know, like the way it does come up, they'd be like, "Oh, so when you're gonna have babies?" Or like, yeah, I you know. know. I I'm all, I always see the good in people with that though, and I always yeah. Think but that it can be triggering because yeah. if you're having a bad day and you um, so maybe someone asks you so that, you might I've, be like, Ooh. "So do you think like?" Do you think IVF has a stigma? I don't think it has a stigma. I just think it's difficult to talk about sometimes because it's painful. Yeah. I thought that would be because of a stigma or because... No, I mean, like, so if people, if it had less of a stigma or if it was more easy to talk about, then I just people could pe- chime in. and Not chime in. People could say, ah, uh, yeah, we're going through IVF. It's a bit, you know, yeah. it's a bit sensitive. I think... It's not necessarily sensitive. It's just people don't realize how common it is, and and there's studies and thing document journals and articles Facts. I've read, mm. and like the numbers are getting smaller and smaller. Is that yeah? Right? Fertility is like, dropping. Yeah. yeah. So when like I first started Children reading, it was like one in ten, and now it's like one in six. Ryan, huh? When did you start reading? Pardon? When did you start reading? Three years ago, I don't know. Was it one in ten, one in eight? It's different in all different articles I've read, but I think when we spoke to some people, think it's the plastic that's yeah getting in, into the oceans yeah. and stuff. When we spoke to Alice Matthews from Fertility Network UK, she said that it was one in six. Yeah, yeah, which is a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah, so many. 
And what's worrying is if it's getting worse, then, um, you know, we probably need more services and more funding and more clinics and stuff. Yeah. But we're so fortunate to be in Wales and not be part of the postcode lottery, really, in England. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because yeah. lots of people don't qualify based on where they live. I think there's a hell of a lot more people in England than Wales, though. Which yeah. makes it, like, yeah. I think, on the, you know, we always look at a map and we go, yeah. like, oh, Wales is that. And it, but yeah. I think the actual people, because most of Wales isn't cities. Populated, yeah. Yeah, it's like hills. and Yeah. So. I think funding is allocated differently as well. But maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think because I've just been so yawny, I am going to, I think we should wrap it up today. Yeah, let's wrap it up. But um, yeah, if you have any thoughts on any of the issues we've talked about today, whether it's DNA and or ethical issues or anything like that, or you just want to reach out and say hi, or you'd like to be on the podcast. Or then, if you've got some good news. Yeah. People, we love good news. If you've got touch. like any like end of the journey kind of stories that would be amazing that would bring a massive smile to our faces and people who listen yeah let us know and yeah big thank you to everyone who's listened we've had some um great support from episode 12 lots of people listening and laughing at the fact we were talking about calling our baby swansea (laughs) stoke on trent was the biggest laugh i think (laughs) um yeah and Buzz explained how he can't fry eggs very well or cook eggs. Anyway. It's just one of the many questions that (laughs) I have in general. Yeah. Just go back and have a listen. We've had, I said today on Instagram, we've had loads of interesting guests and had loads of great conversations with people. So don't feel like you have to start from here. Go back and have a listen. There are now 13 episodes in total for you to listen to. But I hope you all have a great day, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to us. Bye for now. Bye-bye.